Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It is Denise Salcedo, and it is Tuesday, October 17th, and I'm here to talk about WWE, NXT, and damn, what a show we had today. So first of all, we're coming off of Super Tuesday last week when we had John Cena, Cody Rhodes, Paul Heyman, uh, The Undertaker. I mean, it kind of feels like it was five years ago, even though it was literally just just last week, but I went into today's NXT and I had seen the preview of the show, right? Like they had a couple of things that were previewed for today, but there wasn't anything really screaming in terms of, oh my gosh, the show's going to be incredible, right? Like that's what I was thinking going into the preview because really the big thing that I was really most interested in was seeing Becky Lynch on the show, right? And I got to tell you, man, that preview did not do the show justice because I thought that this was a very, very good episode of NXT. Of course, it wasn't explosive and as newsworthy as last week, but we knew that heading into today's show, right? But regardless, I thought they did a really good job of making you care about the things that you're supposed to care about on NXT. There were a lot of things that we're going to get into. We had a very, very interesting ending that I think is going to lead us to maybe spiral into some theories of what could and could not be happening. We also got a uh, big build into Halloween Havoc, which is going to be taking place next week and the following week. So it's two weeks of Halloween Havoc. And we got kind of a lot, like even with the men, uh, there's a lot of stories going on there. But damn, there's actually quite a bit to get into for today's show. I'm excited, especially because today's show was kind of, uh, I don't No, I should say unique, if unique is the right word. But one of the things, and we've talked about this so many times, I'm not going to get as into it as we have in the past, but one of the things NXT has been doing very, very right is the women. And we've talked about this a lot. This isn't the first time they've done tremendous amount of positive work with the women's division on NXT. However, today's show in particular definitely sticked out um, because if my calculations were correct, um, we had four women's matches, and this is not including backstage stuff, cameos, uh, you know, promos, little additional things that we had with the women. And then uh, it was only like two men's matches, guys. Like, I don't remember uh, the last time that we were sitting here talking about any show uh, with the women's and the women's content and the women's matches completely outweighing the men's. Of course, we had a whole ass battle royal, so we got a bunch of the men in that, right? But regardless, this show today, day was very very female driven and 
dude, it freaking rocked, man. And then, of course, like with the main story that we're going to get into for the men, which included Elia, Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes, Dijak, and Baron Corbin, that kind of weaved in and out throughout the entire show. And I really enjoyed that, man, because there's a lot to get into for that as well. So there's a lot to be excited about right now. If you are an NXT fan, I feel like the shows are getting better and better. And I almost feel like they've really smartened up in the sense of they know what's going to get people talking they know what people like and they're clearly listening uh to that feedback that they've been getting for like the last however long you can tell that they're listening to it because you can see the changes and the changes happen on the show but you're also seeing them do more of what people already enjoyed from NXT so I can't wait to get into that here today I'm gonna kick things off with a couple of super chats and we got the first one in here from Darm Steven who says I have really enjoyed Becky on NXT. With that said, when it's time for her to drop the title, will it be on a main roster PLE or an NXT PLE? Well, my friends, I'm not entirely too sure because Becky Lynch is a very special, special person, right? She's a special situation. You're not going to have her drop the title on any ordinary episode of NXT. I don't even think I can expect her to just automatically drop the title, for example, on Halloween Havoc. But, but, here's the but, here's the big but, guys, the big, big but, given how things ended on, um, on the end of NXT, it's got me thinking, holy shit, is there actually an opportunity where we might see Becky Lynch drop the title? I don't no, uh, we'll get to that in just a second, but damn. Uh, Bianca Amador sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Bianca, sorry, Blanca, my bad. Bad vision. Blanca Amador sends in a super chat. Thank you so much, Blanca, who says NXT has been consistently fun to watch. Uh, I completely agreed. Uh, I've said this a couple of times, but NXT for a while is was starting to feel like one of my favorite WWE shows to cover. I was definitely enjoying covering NXT more so than I was raw. And that's like kind of crazy to say out loud and even when it comes to SmackDown there were some episodes of SmackDown where you know I thought were way better than NXT but there were some episodes of NXT where I'm like damn this is kind of a little bit more interesting than SmackDown and here's what I think is happening right now if you have been watching NXT religiously remember like rewind rewind all the way back to the start of this NXT 2.0 era, right? When we were all sad and depressed that the black and gold brand was done and over, okay? Rewind to that. Remember when we were getting all of these new faces, all of these new wrestlers, and we were like, who the hell is this person? Who's this person? We're out here trying to remember everybody's names. Like, oh, I know I saw that guy like two weeks ago, but who is he, right? Remember when we were at that point? Well, now all of those people, or at least a good majority of those people that we were seeing then have grown, have developed. We are finally seeing those people, uh, you know, A, become better wrestlers, B, better stories, better promos. We now have been part of their journey. So I feel like knowing 
where they were when they started and seeing where they are at now, I feel is making the show more enjoyable for the people that have been watching this new era of NXT. And then for those that are just coming in, you're seeing the better versions of these people, right? I know this is developmental. Well, you've seen, you're seeing them develop. <laughs> Clearly, it's in the name, right? Uh, so I feel Blanca that that's part of the reason why the shows are exciting to watch because you're following along with all of this. And guys, shout out to Sheldon Jackson, who just gifted everybody 10 memberships to the YouTube channel. Sheldon, thank you so much. We got a super chat here from Johnny who says, I have officially partnered with Red Shoe, no code. <laughs> oh, Johnny, my friend, you are not ready for today. In fact, no one is ready for today because... We'll get to that, guys. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. John Deller says, the women always seem to put on better matches. Well, look, honestly, I'm not here to be like, oh, the women better wrestle better than the men or all oh, the men wrestle better than the women. Uh, I don't I feel like that's necessarily not the argument. To me, the argument is or rather now the women are no longer the women no longer feel like the bathroom break, right? How many times were we stuck in this, you know, big period, a huge period where the women's matches were seen as bathroom breaks, right? Or the women's matches weren't taken seriously. We are so far past that now, which makes me very happy uh, because, you know, there's so many times where we're talking about these big, big shows, right? And there are a lot of matches for the women that have turned out to be like the best matches of the night. And like no longer, I don't feel like the argument is saying like, oh, who wrestles better? No, because I think that's an unfair, uh, an unfair argument. I think it's more so of now the women are no longer the bathroom breaks because we are just as good. We are just as equal as the men and we can have phenomenal matches like the men. So you don't want to go to the bathroom. You want to sit your ass down and watch us wrestle because we promise you that you're going to be entertained. So that's kind of the way that I see it. And there's so many great examples of that. And the, the ones that pop into my mind, like the first, very first one that pops into my mind is WrestleMania 38. Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. That was my favorite match of the night. And I know it was that for a lot of people. And when you think about all of the other matches that you saw that night, and for a lot of people to say that match was the very best one out of two nights when there was a plenty of other really great men's matches really does say a lot about how far the WWE women's division has come so anyways that's kind of where i'm at with that will chisholm sends in a super chat saying it's crazy how good wwe is doing with jade cargill on all three shows and i love the ending it was great uh thank you so much will chisholm for this it's funny because when she appeared on i feel so stupid because when she when she appeared on smackdown this past friday i was sitting here on my chair going yeah i think she's going to smackdown <laughs> then yesterday on raw i'm like she's going to raw this is exactly where i'm feeling and then today for nxt i'm like you know what i think she's gonna go to nxt so they've literally managed to convince me each and every single show that that is the show that jade cargill is going to be on permanent so we'll talk about that, of course, in just a second. Jordan Booth says it's great the amount of time the women are getting on NXT. And you know what's even better about that? 
the fact that people are interested, the fact that people are coming out here and being like, oh, NXT was great, NXT was good, or oh, we're interested in NXT, and that a lot of the content surrounded around the women. And it's great because how many times do you hear people make the argument of, oh, women don't draw, women this, the ratings go down with the women, the women this, it's always these like negative conversations around the women. And I am really, really on the side of, I think if you, if you built and you nourish and you give a real opportunity to the women and you let them actually have stories develop all of that good stuff. Um, I really do believe that it can be great. It's like a plant guys. You've got to water it. You got to put some sun in it and you got to let it flourish. And when it does, it's, be it's big and beautiful and people like it. Um, that's how I see the women's division or how the women's division should be. Uh, we got Stephen Marchulli here who says Lexus King feels Loon? Lun. Oh, man. What word were you going with there? What word were you going? Money? I think you're going with money because you have the money emoji. All right, Steven. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, if you misspell or have any sort of misspelling on your super chat, I will definitely read it that way, man. Have you guys ever heard of newscasters? They read the teleprompters and they read whatever it is that's being said on there. That's me with the super chats, man. I will read those verbatim. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much. We got John Harrison here who sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to John who says, I want to see Kaylani, Kaylani Jordan turn heel and be one of Jade's buddies. Oh, we could see another uh, girl group surrounding Jade Cargill, kind of like we did uh, over on AEW. That could be a thing, right? But I don't know, Jade Cargill's doing fine on her own, but because she is very cool, and usually cool girls have like a posse surrounding them. And so I feel like that may be the, uh, you know, that may be a thing. Uh, thank you so much to John Harris for the super chat as well. All right, guys, let's go. Let's get into it. So because, thank you, Tony. See, I told you, you guys, if you whatever you spell is what I'm going to say, baddies. Correction, Jade's baddies. Although I don't think she would come out here and call them baddies again. Don't you think? Maybe you'd probably come up with something different just because it's a new company. I don't know. Whatever. We're not going to get into that because that's not neither here nor there right now. But let's go ahead and get the super chat in here from Will Chisholm who says, We all went through hard times with NXT 2.0, but we made it through. P.S. Jade is trolling you, Denise. At this point, right? Every single week, I'm convinced this woman is going to be on a particular show. And then the next day, I'm like, oh, well, now my mind has been changed. We got a very generous super chat from Heidi Ho. Uh, Heidi Ho, I haven't seen you in a hot minute. So welcome back. Heidi Ho says, hey, strangers, I haven't gone into TuneIn Live for a while. I'm here for the Blue Chew ad. Oh, it is happening. And I promise you that you have never seen Blue Chew be promoted by any sort, by anybody, the way that you're going to see it be promoted here tonight. But I'm going to make you guys wait for it just a little bit longer. Let's talk about the women, guys. I want to get right into it since we already kind of got started with that. So we're going to kick it off talking about the Lyra Valkyra, Tegan Knox. Becky Lynch situation, and then that is going to lead into the Jade situation. So all of this is going to culminate together. Um, all right, so here we go. Tegan Knox versus Lyra Valkyria. This is where we're starting. 
So first and foremost, we did get to see Natalia. She came out and she was in support of Tegan Knox and she was kind of being like her cheerleader. Um, that kind of just felt like, no, they didn't really give us any indication, I feel, of where that may be headed. So right now it's just Natalia was out there rooting for her. That's kind of it. All right. Reminder that next week, the big match is that we're going to be seeing a Lyra Valkyra versus Becky Lynch in the main event of night one of Halloween Havoc, okay? So going into this, I feel like it was very clear that Lyra needed to get a big victory. And given that Tegan Knox is a main roster um, performer and she just had this, this match with Becky Lynch, uh, I feel like Tegan Knox was probably the perfect person to put into this match with Lyra to give Lyra this victory. But some of the awesome stuff we saw here, man, Lyra had some really nice mat work early on in the match. I really enjoyed that. We also ended up seeing appearances from Chelsea Green and Piper Niven that got involved in this match. Lyra gets her victory. And following this, she cuts this promo. Now, Lyra is pretty good at getting the people behind her, right? Like, even though the people love Becky Lynch just a lot more because she's Becky Lynch, um, the people are still behind Lyra. And I think they've gotten behind her because every time she goes out there, she does great freaking work. And her promo, uh, you can't, like, you cannot root for Lyra. She's talking about, um, you know, doors that closed in her face and breaking them down. She has spoken in the past about, on what Becky Lynch meant to her. She spoke about how she started going to wrestling school the day after she saw Becky Lynch make her NXT uh, debut. So I think the people are very much behind Lyra. In fact, I was thinking about this while I was watching her wrestle today. I started thinking about the women that I'm most excited for on NXT. And for a good while, that person was Tiffany Stratton. For a good while, I, I felt that Tiffany was the person that I was most excited to kind of see what she does. And while I'm still there, I, I kind of feel like I am kind of ranking Lyra above her in terms of me being excited about that person because Lyra has really just kind of came in and it was quick with her, man. Like we didn't have to wait and see her, you know, go through all these phases. Like she came in and she was ready to freaking go. And I feel like Lyra's kind of bringing something, uh, something a little bit different. And I can't necessarily put my finger on it right now, but I'm just genuinely enjoying who she is what she wrestles like and anytime she's in there with somebody i don't feel like i have to suspend my disbelief she always feels like a big deal so that's why right now i'm kind of most excited about lyra vakira and what she's going to do in uh wwe well anyways so lyra's promo is interrupted by becky lynch becky lynch is on the screen and i ended up basically transcribing this entire little uh this entire promo that Becky Lynch did on NXT on Twitter. And the reason I did that is because I loved Becky Lynch's promo today. I think she just did. She did a great job at multiple things. One, she vastly put over Lyra Valkyra. She talked about how even before she was on NXT, she was keeping an eye out on her because she knew that she was going to be something right? So she put her over. She even made sure to say, oh, Lyra, you're really, really good. And Becky then says, but I'm better, right? The other thing that she did was really, really paint a visual for what this NXT championship means to her. Because Becky has held 
Becky has held all of the top belts, right? Becky has been at the top. So you would think that maybe the NXT championship wouldn't mean to her as much as some of her other championship belts. But damn, did she prove us wrong in this promo that she did. She spoke about how this championship is the reason she leaves the house. This championship is the reason why she leaves her house when she could be at home with her child, with her daughter, and she wants to make her daughter proud. And this belt is the way to do that, right? So that was the other thing that she did. But then my favorite freaking part of all of this was the, I don't even know how to explain it. So we know that Lyra idolizes Becky Lynch. We know this. And Becky Lynch basically told her like, yeah, you can idolize me. Yeah, you can call this a dream match. But when we step in into this ring together, she said that she was going to do anything to keep her championship. And she had this line where she said, I'm going to read it verbatim to make it to do its justice. She says, Lyra, you can say that I'm your hero. You can say that this is a dream match. But when you step into the ring with me, you're going to have to despise me. And damn, that was the line right there where she said that Lyra Valkyra had to despise her. Damn, guys, think about your hero, whoever your hero is. Imagine having to be in a fight, in a competition, in a challenge with the person that you idolize, and you both want the exact same thing. And in order to get that, you're going to have to despise that person to fight them, to get to what you both want. That one line completely, like, I was already excited about this, this match, this feud, whatever. I was already excited, but that one line took me from, like, an, like an 8 to, like, 25. <laughs> really, it did. So, um, I really, really enjoyed Becky Lynch's promo uh, for this match heading into Halloween Havoc. All right. So, at the very, very end of NXT, here's where I thought I knew what was going to happen. I thought I knew what I was going to get out of Becky Lynch and Lyra. Uh, and then this completely threw me for a loop. I don't know what's going to happen anymore. Uh, I have predictions, but I'm not too positive. So Lyra is backstage and she's just finishing watching the main event. All right. And on her locker, there's a picture of her and uh, Becky. And she basically looks at the, champ at, the, at the picture and she says that she is going to become NXT Women's Champion. That she's coming for that championship. While Lyra is completely fixated on this picture, on the screen pops up none other than Jade Cargill. So Jade Cargill pops up here and she doesn't say anything, but she looks at her watch and she kind of does this where she taps on the watch, basically signaling that it's time that she's coming. Uh, I don't know. That's basically what we got from this. So theory time and I'm curious to see where you guys are at on the chat and if you thought the same thing that I did or if you thought something else but now I'm wondering given that on Monday Night Raw we had that face-off between Jade and uh Becky and Becky told her to wait in line and, J and, and Jade was like oh she's funny right remember that little confrontation well what if because Lyra did not see Jade on the screen, like Lyra was completely oblivious to it. She did not notice Jade at all. What if Jade costs this match for Becky Lynch? What if she is the one who comes in, 
cost this match for Becky Lynch. And that is how Lyra ends up taking the NXT Women's Championship off of her. Uh, I don't know. That feels like maybe the most obvious route. I don't know if that's the one that they're taking. Um, but that's basically what I took from this. What I took from this is that I should probably be expecting Jade Cargill in this match. Or the other thing, the other one that could basically be a thing is Becky Lynch nicely and cleansly defeats Lyra and Lyra gets the match of a lifetime. And after Becky Lynch retains her NXT Women's Championship and she throws that championship up in the sky and she celebrates that then we hear Jade Cargill's theme and then Jade Cargill comes out and confronts Becky Lynch. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with this. And this is where I'm thinking this is headed, but we will see. But yeah, it's pretty feeling pretty clear that she is going to um, be at Halloween Havoc and she is going to, uh, you know, possibly get involved in this match here. Um, all right. So let's get some predictions, guys. I'm going to get your predictions. Let's see. Am I, am I far off? Am I not far off? Let's see where we're at. Uh, let's see. All right, this one's from Jordan who says, Jade costs Becky the title, I reckon. Then Jade squashes Becky in her first match. Jade then becomes a megastar. Oh, I can't see her squashing Becky. I, I just can't. I can't see it. Uh, I don't know if that's what they'll do, but I just can't see it um, right at this moment. We got more people predicting that Jade is definitely making her debut at Halloween Havoc. Uh, let's see what else we got here. This is from Steven who says, it would get the belt off of Becky, but still keep Becky strong if Jade interrupts the match with Lyra. So we got a couple of people here thinking that she will cost Becky Lynch the title. Um, Christopher Smith says, I have Becky retaining next week. Then Jade comes out to confront Becky. Okay, so you kind of went with the second scenario there. Okay, cool. Uh, Hunter Tillman's here and says, uh, his prediction is Becky retains at Halloween Havoc and Jade comes out to challenge Becky for night two. Okay, so you're expecting a night two challenge there. All right. Uh, and we got Larice Johnson who predicts that Jade is going to screw Becky Lynch. We got a super chat here from Christopher Marino who says Jade will appear on SmackDown, then Raw, then NXT, then SmackDown, then Raw. Who knows? Maybe she could be like, um, you know, the female Brock Lesnar because Brock's like, God, I feel like it's been centuries since we've seen Brock, but isn't Brock everywhere? Isn't he still like a free agent from the last draft that pretty much said he could be anywhere? God, I don't know, because it's been a while since we've seen Brock Lesnar. So at this point, I forgot what brand he's on. I'm pretty sure he's allowed to be anywhere. So if they did something like that with Jade Cargill, that would be very interesting. But again, I just don't freaking know. I just don't freaking know. Um, all right, so we got more people predicting that Jade's going to show up night one and then back on night two. Okay, all right, all right, I see it. Um, all right, guys, and we got another super chat here from Mike Parker, PWMM, a very generous one here from Mike. He says, NXT is doing a great job getting us interested in the new faces. Really liked Carmen uh, Petro Petrovich. I think I'm saying that right. Her and Lola Vice should have a hard-hitting match since both have been fighting skills. Both have fighting skills outside of pro wrestling. Yeah, so uh, Carmen, which we'll talk about once we get to the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament, uh, she was basically talking about having, I think she said like 20 years or something of combat experience, and she's a black belt, so she's got clearly a lot on her. And we know Lola Vice, a former MMA fighter, she was with Bellator, she's kind of done a lot there. She kind of made a name for herself there. Uh, as Valerie Loretta. 
So I was even thinking that they would have kept her name on NXT. I was actually surprised when they changed Valerie's name to Lola on NXT, but oh, whatever. Uh, thank you so much to Mike Parker, by the way, for this generous super chat, man. I appreciate it. Um, all right. So at this point, guys, I don't know. I don't know when we're going to see Jade, if she's going to be on Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. That's it. I don't know anymore, but I am expecting her at Halloween Havoc for sure. There ain't no way. She did the thing. She did the thing. You know, you point at your clock. That means it's time. Ding. All right. So, um, all right. I want to go ahead and uh, get into, let's go ahead and get, let's keep it with the women right now. Let's get into the women's NXT breakout tournament. All right. So we were kind of talking about this right now with Mike Parker, super chat. And basically we got uh, two matches here today, two first round matches. One of them, which was Carmen versus Jada. And this one here, I feel like, Obviously, this is really like an intro to these girls, right? Like there's only so much that we've seen from from all of the women in the breakout tournament. So with Carmen, she had mentioned that she had the 23 years of combat experience. She's a black belt. And then with with Jada, I will say this. I wasn't necessarily sure what to expect from Jada, but Jada has a feisty personality and she kind of left me wanting more. I thought she did a really good job of commanding presence. They had her doing a little promo. And in that promo, she made me pay attention to her. And even when she was in the ring, she was doing the thing. She was commanding attention from the crowd. And sometimes you don't always see people get that like right off the bat. But I kind of thought that Jada did a really good job at that. Carmen won via submission, uh, so she's going to go ahead and press on, and she's going to have a match against Lola Vice in the semifinals. I'm definitely expecting to see Lola Vice get the victory there. And then the other match that we got was Ariana Grace versus Brinley Reese. So Brinley Reese was not supposed to be in this tournament. However, uh, Jakara Jackson, uh, she was not medically cleared. They made that announcement uh, on Twitter. And so she was replaced by Brinley Reese. And so I think kind of going into this, you really knew Ariana Grace was going to win because I didn't think she was going to lose to a replacement. Uh, the match was it, it was, it was just a match, really. There wasn't really anything too much that stood out for me on this one. But I do like Ariana Grace's character of this uh I don't know this maybe somewhat over dramatic melodramatic whatever uh prom queen miss congeniality type uh I did like that and I hope they lean into that even more because I think that's going to really be the thing that gets Ariana Grace over uh you know something similar to what we were seeing with Tiffany Stratton uh I think that could definitely work for Ariana Grace so I'm curious to see what they did here uh and then Basically, with uh, just a little background on Brinley, she her background is actually in tumbling and acrobatics. And she went to Sacramento State University and she was hired off of the SummerSlam tryouts last year. Uh, so that's a little bit of background on Brinley. So there you go. Ariana gets the win. And the two matches that we are going to be seeing next week at Halloween Havoc is going to be Carmen versus Lola and Kehlani. Jordan versus Ariana Grace. And I'm honestly looking at this. I feel like it's definitely going to be Kehlani, Kehlani Jordan versus Lola Vice in the finals. And I am definitely expecting to see Lola Vice get the victory because I think Lola Vice, not only is she like, she's, she's fine, right? Like she's fine. Like she's, she's, she's going out there. She's, she's fine in the ring, but I feel like out of all of the girls, she kind of has the most uh, established, 
she's more she's already kind of got like all of the elements that you need to become a star I feel like she kind of has that more of like a polished look and she's good I feel like because of that it's going to be Lola Vice to get that victory so uh we'll see from there um all right guys let's go ahead and get into this one's very quickly but we're gonna go ahead and get into some of the men's stuff that happened on the show we got the Bada Bing, Bada Boom Battle Royal to determine the number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championship match. We had 10 teams in there. And for the most part, the Battle Royal portion of this went by really, really fast. And the final three teams that we saw were the Creed Brothers, Chase U, and Umberto and Angel Garza. However, we had seen... Umberto get eliminated. However, the referee was distracted due to a brawl that was going on on the outside from the prior teams that had been eliminated. So then instead, Umberto and Angel Garza basically acted like they weren't eliminated. And so they ended up um, eliminating uh, the Creed brothers. And even though they had been eliminated right before. So the Creed brothers got screwed in this. And then the final two teams that we had here were Chase U, and Umberto and Angel Garza. And then it became an actual tag team match afterwards, right? So at this point here, this was this was actually pretty good. And I thought I knew where this was headed. And I was wrong again, man. I really thought that with the way that Umberto and Angel Garza cheated, I thought, okay, they're definitely getting the win here. They're definitely getting it. But it ended up being Chase U because Creed Brothers came back and they weren't going to let uh, Angel Garza and Umberto get away with it whatsoever. So Chase U is heading to Halloween Havoc, and they are going to have this match with Tony D and Stax Lorenzo for the NXT Tag Team Championships. But truthfully, I don't really care about that match. Like, that's not the match that really has me, like, you know, getting all excited. No, the thing I'm excited about now is that clearly we are moving into a story between the Creed brothers, Angel Garza, and Umberto. And here's the thing, Angel Garza and Umberto have, you know, they've been in NXT now for a bit, right? Uh, I don't know, maybe a couple months now. And they still haven't really done much. Like at one point you thought they were going to break them up. Then they got back together. Now they seem to be on the same page. And, but that has really been it. Like there hasn't been anything more. So who better to have a story with, have a feud with than the Creed brothers who are literally like the best team on NXT. And so I'm looking forward to this. And I feel like this feud with the Creed brothers could be the thing that actually puts them, uh, puts Angel Garza and Umberto on the map on NXT because right now they're just there. Right now they're just there. We need we need to put these guys on the map. <sighs> but now, if you want a bada bing bada boom with your tag team partner, get Blue Chew code Denise. Are you jobby now in bed? Do you have dreams of main eventing in the sack? Well, have no fear. Blue Chew is here to help you become the champ. Soon you'll make your baby face come back and get the finish. Blue Chew is the place to go for chewable versions of Sildenafil, Tadalafil, Vardenafil. These ingredients help men achieve stronger, yeah, harder, yeah, and longer lasting erections for sexual activity. Woo! The chewable tablets help fight off all forms of ED, which can include performance anxiety and maintaining an erection long enough for sex. 
A Blue True subscription includes a free online consultation, 24-7 medical support, a prescription for chewable, sildenafil, tadalafil, vardenafil, if approved, and discreet delivery straight to your door every month, all from the comfort of your own home at affordable prices. No more in-person doctor visits, no more waiting for appointments, and best of all, no more awkwardness. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to the description box of this video and click on the link and make sure to use the promo code DENISE. Hey, all right, guys. So please uh, use the promo code DENISE for Blue Chew. Uh, we got the link in the description box below, guys. I'm very excited to have Blue Chew sponsoring a couple of shows here this month. And depending on how this does, uh, well, who knows? Maybe they will stay on and keep sponsoring me for a while. So please, guys, uh, show them some love. Show them some support. Tag them. Let them know that you heard about Blue Chew here on my podcast. And hey, get your sell some blue chew. All right, guys, I told you, I told you, you would never see a, you would never see blue chew promoted like that. Here we are. All right, everyone, let's continue on with NXT. So, uh, all right, I want to get into the men's stuff because this carried in a whole lot on the show and this kind of weaved in and out. And the stuff that I'm talking about here is everything that went down with Carmelo Hayes, Baron Corbin, Dijak, and Trick Williams. So this was kind of a lot. We had a promo uh, at the very beginning. Carmelo Hayes goes out there. He's quickly interrupted by Baron Corbin. And uh, Baron Corbin is basically calling Carmelo Hayes a mark. He's telling him that he's being a fanboy for hanging out with John Cena, with Cody Rhodes, with posing with The Undertaker. And I'm like, yeah, Baron Corbin's out here calling Carmelo Hayes a mark. And he tells him. If you were more focused on being a superstar instead of a fan, you would still be NXT champion. And then we had Dijak come out. And guys, oh man, I think they need to work on Dijak's promos. The Dijak portion of this was the only thing that I was like, Ugh. and I will tell you why. This was actually pretty funny. So Dijak comes out, right? And he's like, you know, being all pumped and stuff. And he says, it's not going to make a damn bit of difference when you're standing across the ring from me, looking into my eyes. And then Baron Corbin says, nobody is looking in your eyes. You're wearing sunglasses inside. Bam, completely dismantled Dijak like right there man after that I was like yeah I can't take Dijak seriously anymore he told the guy he's gonna look into his eyes bro can't see his eyes he's wearing sunglasses I feel so bad but they got to come up with something different for Dijak because this wasn't it uh Baron Corbin made him look like a little bit like dorky so they need to they need to rework things with Dijak there on the promo front on the verbiage uh they need to fix it a little bit there anyways they're interrupted by Ilya Dragunov, and obviously that's the man that they all want to face at Halloween Havoc Night 2. So, Ilya says that before Cody Rhodes left uh, his last week, before he finished off his general manager duties for the special Tuesday episode, that he had done one more thing. And that one more thing was that he added an additional guy to what was supposed to be a triple threat match. So the triple threat match was only supposed to be Carmelo Hayes, Baron Corbin, and Dijak. But 
Cody Rhodes added Trick Williams. Now, we all know the history between Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Uh, I was going to say former best friends, but I mean, they're not former. They're still friends, but they're not as best of friends as they were back in the day. And so Trick comes out and basically both Baron Corbin and Dijak are trying to turn them against one another, but it's not really looking like it's working, at least not on Trick Williams's part. We got a couple of teases where it kind of seemed like Carmelo Hayes was going to turn on Trick Williams. At one point, he even started to take off his jacket and made it seem like he was going to attack Trick Williams, but then did it. So then we get a backstage segment with Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. By the way, the promo in the ring ends in a brawl. But then later on in the night, we get Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes backstage and they're talking. And again, they're cool with each other. But when Trick Williams leaves, Carmelo Hayes kind of has a face that he's not really, he doesn't really seem to be as cool with Trick as Trick might be with Carmelo. All right. So then afterwards, we get another backstage segment and it is that Trick Williams has been mysteriously attacked by somebody we do not know who, and he was taken to the hospital, and he was going to be out of this match, and therefore this match is no longer a fatal four-way, but it has reverted back to the original three-way that it was supposed to be. Who attacked Trick Williams? We don't know. I think they want to make you think that it's Carmelo Hayes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This could go either way, right? They, they may want you to think that it's Carmelo Hayes, right? And then not have it be Carmelo Hayes. But then that may be the trick within itself. They want you to think that it's not Carmelo Hayes because it's too obvious. But when in fact, it could actually be Carmelo Hayes. So I don't know what way you want to look at that and see uh, who actually is the person who attacked Trick Williams. If anybody here has any interesting theories, let us know. Let me know in the comments section because uh, I feel like the obvious answer is Carmelo Hayes. But is that too obvious? Is it too obvious that it's Carmelo Hayes? I don't know. So we get the main event. The main event goes on as promised, the original three-way. A good match. A, a pretty damn decent match, okay? Uh, and I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, I'm thinking Baron Corbin's going to win. Because we've already seen Carmelo Hayes Ilya Dragunov, not once, but two times already. So I'm thinking, okay, Baron Corbin's going to win. He had that whole interaction with, with Ilya Dragunov. I thought there was something there. So it's totally going to be Baron Corbin. Well, Baron Corbin hits the end of days on Dijak. But then out of nowhere, Carmelo Hayes comes off the top rope, hits him with the scissors kick, and gets the win. Like, that's it. He gets the win and I'm thinking, oh shit, Carmelo Hayes actually won this match and he's looking all happy and I'm going, hmm, the fact that he got what he wanted, did he attack Chuck Williams? I don't know. But anyways, we're going to go, we're going to get Ilya Dragunov versus Carmelo Hayes part three. And if you've missed any of their matches, I'm sorry, but their matches are incredible and you should watch their first and their second match. Uh, and their third match, I'm sure is going to be uh, something. Uh now, let's get into some super chats because we got quite a few, actually. Um, we got one here from Jason PS3 who says, it's a good thing Booker T didn't turn around or else he would get kicked by Miyu Yamashita. Uh, thank you so much to Jason PS3 for the super chat. Um, and let me get caught up here. Let me make sure I got everything here. Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. So 
everybody here in the chat is thinking, okay, let me let me look at these. Let me look at these options. So we got Dr. Thanos predicts it might be Lexus King. Okay. <laughs> we got Mike New York predicting that it's Wes Lee. We got Kilo Johnny saying that it's definitely Carmelo Hayes. Ah, uh, that's kind of looks about it, guys. Uh, Zeno Hour says, what if it was Judgment Day? I don't know. I feel like, let's see, Kilo Johnny says, bet the NXT watcher or whatever they're called caught Carmelo jumping trick. Oh, NXT Anonymous. Yeah, that would be cool. And then they're the ones who do the reveal and then reveal him as a backstabber. Yeah, that would be something, especially because they use NXT Anonymous quite a bit. So I feel like it has to be Carmelo Hayes. If any, if it's anybody else, it just feels like now we're doing too much. Carmelo Hayes is the obvious answer, but who knows? Will Chisholm sends in a very generous super chat. Thank you so much to Will, who says, this feels like HBK doing one of his old storylines with Trick and Mello. Triple H attack HBK because he was jealous of HBK when we can tell Mello is jealous of Trick. Yes, and we know that, Shawn Michaels tends to, you know, reuse some of those storylines into NXT. We've talked about this uh, multiple times in past storylines. So, yeah, uh, it definitely feels like that's the direction we're headed in. And I hope it is because I'm very interested in Carmelo Hayes' Trick Williams. Like, I am digging what they're doing here. Uh, I loved Carmelo Hayes' reaction, by the way. His reaction when they announced Trick Williams was going to be in the match said it all, man. It completely said it all. Uh, thank you so much to Will Chisholm for the super chat here. Um, all right, so we got to get into a couple more things to talk about here. And let's talk about Brian Pillman Jr., who is no longer Brian Pillman Jr. So this has been one of the hot things to get it excited about for NXT. It is, we've been seeing this vignettes, uh, and last week, when was it on? Um, yeah, it was last week on the Super Tuesday show. We found out that Brian Pillman was going to be going under the last name King. So he explained why he's no longer going to be Pillman. Uh, he doesn't love his dad the way that many of us thought he was going to love his dad. He doesn't want to be nobody's junior. Uh, he's past that. So great freaking promo. And they followed it up again with another really good one. This time, he's showing these again flipping the tv channels and we see clips of paul Heyman, william regal stone cold steve austin uh dusty Rhodes, all talking about how great brian pillman was and then the former brian pillman jr says that he whenever these wrestlers would approach him and tell him how much they loved his father that he would basically lie through his teeth because he was four years old and he didn't know what love was back then but that he does not um that he lied. He lied about loving his father. And he says, the reality is when you're four years old, you don't know what love is. Hell, I never knew that man. He spent more nights in a damn hotel room than he did at my room. You expect me to love him? I'm in no one's shadow. And then he says that Halloween Havoc is going to be the start of his career, not the continuation of somebody else's career, but the start of his own career. And he is going to be making his debut at Halloween Havoc next week. And then he basically says that his full name is Alexis King. So that's pretty much what we were already predicting because that had been reported that it was going to be Alexis King, but he didn't say it last week. Last week, he just said King, but now it's Lexus King. So uh, I'm excited about Brian. God damn it. It's going to be so hard not to call him Brian Pillman Jr. 
I'm excited about Lexus King, man. Uh, I'm curious to see who his fe first feud is going to be with. Uh, if anybody here has any good ideas on who that person should be. But this is exciting, man. They're getting him off to a, they're starting him off with a really, really cool, uh, it's, it's simple. It's so easy to understand, yet they've, they've told this story in a complex way in the sense that it's easy to understand that he doesn't want to be in his father's shadow. It's easy to understand that he didn't, um, he didn't love his dad or whatever, right? Like it's easy to understand all of that, but it's complex in the sense that coming out and basically saying that your father who passed away, you don't want to take his name and you don't want to honor his legacy and you want to start your own. That's like complex human emotion right there. That's some, <laughs> that's complicated, man. And so for that reason, I'm loving the layers of this Lexus King story. And again, I'm excited to see who they start pairing him off with, what they have him do on the show, because right now it's off to a really, really good start, man. Uh, we got everybody on here basically saying some good stuff. We got uh, MD89 who says deep promo. Uh, we also got Zeno Hour also saying this was a very good promo. And we got people predicting maybe a match with Braun Breaker. I think that'll happen down the line. And... Let's see. Kilo Johnny says, have him take the belt off Dom because of the second generation link. Mm, I like that. I mean, they both, uh, both issues with their fathers in totally different ways. But yeah, you can kind of play up that whole thing. You can definitely play that up. Um, all right. I think we got some pretty good stuff there, man. I wanted to read this comment here from Hunter Tillman, who says he's finally about to get treated like how he should have been from the beginning. Tony had no clue what to do with him. I don't know if he didn't have a clue what to do with him. I think it was just one of those situations where there was a lot of other toys to play with. And that's the best way that I can put it, right? Like we all got cool toys, right? But when you get new toys, what do you pay attention to? You pay attention to the new toys. I think that's a little bit of more of what happened with, with Brian. Yes, boy, sends in a super chat saying, Denise, have you thought about your wrestler name? Yeah, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a wrestler. And my, when I was a kid, by the way, okay, let me emphasize this kid. Uh, I wanted to go to Mexico and become a luchadora and like wear a mask and the whole thing. And my wrestler name was going to be Pina Colada. Yeah, my mom told that story at my wedding, by the way. Uh, she said apparently that she was very concerned because she actually believed that that was what I was going to do with my life. And I didn't know that my mom was legitimately concerned that I was going to become a professional wrestler named Pina Colada. And by the way, I love Pina Coladas, uh, virgin Pina Coladas because I don't drink alcohol, but Pina Coladas, they're my jam. And I hadn't even had a Pina Colada when I wanted to name myself Pina Colada, so... I don't know what that says about me, but anyways, yeah, that was the name. Will Chisholm says that Pillman three promo, uh, that Pillman promo was great. How in three weeks WWE made me excited for him, and AEW made him a smiling baby face. That's what WWE do, says Will Chisholm. Dude, there was hope there for Brian Pillman Jr. There was hope for him in AEW, but like I said, shiny new toys come along, and you want to play with those. And I think that's kind of what we got there. Uh, but who knows? I could be wrong. I don't know. Will Chisholm, thank you so much for the super chat, man. I appreciate it. All right. I love how everybody's laughing at my pina colada. 
<laughs> you guys are never gonna look at a pina colada the same again, man. The same. Kilo Johnny says that's kind of a fire ass name. Yeah, man. If anybody here, if there's ever a wrestler that comes out being named Pina Colada, I'm gonna lose my shit, man, because I had this shit booked like 20 years ago, man. Uh, no, yeah, like 20 years ago. 20 years ago is when I came up with the name. Um, <laughs> Ender Buckley says my daughter, the Luchador, tragic network special. Uh, Will Chisholm says, uh, Christian would be proud of that dead dad promo. Damn right he would be. Damn right he definitely would be. Uh, thank you so much to Will Chisholm for another super uh, super chat. I appreciate it, man. Kilo Johnny says, Pina Colada from the top rope. <laughs> I'm dead, Pina Colada. What, like, what was I thinking? Come on now. Oh, man. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and press on. We got a couple more things to talk about. Uh, just a few, actually, because we pretty much talked about everything. But... All righty, Von Wagner, Braun Breaker. We hadn't seen Von Wagner in a hot minute after the lights went out, after his head was smashed between two steel steps. Brutal stuff, man. Oh, I loved it. I loved it, man. This was good stuff. So what they show him here is uh, they show him going through his recovery, and Robert Stone is trying to help him get his confidence, lift up his spirits a little bit because Von Wagner is struggling to do things, uh, the whole nine yards, right? Then Braun Breaker is doing an interview and he's interrupted by Robert Stone. And Robert Stone basically tells him, how dare you not give a damn about Von Wagner? And Braun's like, I don't care. I don't care about Von. I don't care about what I did to him. And Robert Stone cuts this like somewhat emotional promo where he's saying that his daughters ask him how Von Wagner is going to be. And then he gets so fired up that he kind of spits out a challenge to Braun Breaker because he's that mad about what he did to his friend. And you know what? I like it. We were sitting here not too long ago going, my God, this Von Wagner guy, what are they doing with him? Well, they finally got us to at least care a little bit with a pity story, but it's working. It's definitely working, uh, especially with the real true life portion of it kind of blended into the wrestling world version of it. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely something that I think is working. I, I actually kind of loved Robert Stone in this. He was my favorite part of this whole thing because, damn, that's his friend. That's his friend, man. He just saw something horrible happen to his friend and he's out there challenging this guy who's like a hundred times bigger than he is just for his friend that's a good friend right there man not many of us would do that think about it think about that how many of you guys would challenge Braun breaker if he hurt one of your friends probably not many of us um, but anyways uh i like what they're doing here uh with this story and uh it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun uh, nothing more to, to add about that. Kiana James versus Shotzi. Uh, fun little matchup here. Basically, we saw Shotzi defeat Kiana James, but this was with the help of Roxanne Perez. So as you guys recall, Kiana James cost Roxanne Perez uh, that triple threat match that she had a couple weeks ago. And then she wanted to have a match with Roxanne. Roxanne wanted to have a match with Kiana, but Kiana basically said that in order to get to her, she had to go through Asuka. And that's when we saw the Asuka-Roxanne Perez match on Tuesday. However, Roxanne did not come out victorious in that. So in order to get back at Kiana, she gets involved in this match here. She gets into her purse. She takes out a brick and then she gets rid of the brick and we see Shotzi actually use the bag 
to hit Kiana James and then also tricks the referee and makes the referee think that Kiana was the one that hit Shotzi with the bag when it was actually the other way around. So that's basically how Kiana gets screwed in this match, but she deserved it because she's a heel. And now Shotzi and Roxanne are friends. Both Shotzi and Scarlett are going to be hosting Halloween Havoc uh, next week. I don't, I don't know if they're doing it separate weeks or, or if they're both doing it at the same time. They didn't clarify that part, so uh, I'm not too sure. But uh, Roxanne and Kiana, now this feud is basically circling back with the way that they did it here. So this is fine. I like Kiana James, man. I like her character. So I, I'm liking that they found a way to get back to this Roxanne stuff. Because I was wondering, too. I was like... Man, when are we going to get back to the Roxanne stuff? Because I, you know, she didn't defeat Asuka. It didn't happen. So I kind of like that, though. I like that she didn't defeat Asuka. Yes, she still found a way back to, to Kiana James because that's cool. I like that. So I enjoyed this. All right, Dominic Mysterio and Nathan Frazier. So they did a digital exclusive for Raw last night where Dominic Mysterio confronts Nathan Frazier, basically asking like what the hell he's doing there. They go back and forth and they end up kind of like having a little like fight there. And Nathan Frazier gets like taken away by security um, in order to, uh, yeah, in order to help Dominic, whatever. It was a quick little digital exclusive. Well, they circled back to it here actually. And Dominic Mysterio is asked by Mackenzie Mitchell about Nathan Frazier. So he's asked about this altercation that occurred on Monday Night Raw. And with that, he's barely kind of saying anything. And he quickly gets attacked by Nathan Frazier. Nathan Frazier comes out here and he starts like wailing on this guy, man, wailing on this guy like he owes him money. Okay. And they end up fighting backstage. They finally make it out into the ring. They fight out there too. Uh, this was good. I like this. Like good for Nathan Frazier. Like Nathan Frazier has had a... He, uh, he's had a pretty good string of matches uh, a couple months ago. He was doing a lot of really great stuff. So getting him involved with Dominic Mysterio, I feel is a fine program there for both guys on the NXT side of things. So either way, good stuff there. Curious to see where they go with this uh, moving forward. All right, everybody, we got one last thing to get into. But before we do, just a friendly reminder. Uh, so tomorrow I will be back with my good friend, Righteous Reg, and we will be covering AEW Dynamite in its rightful night on a Wednesday. And there's kind of a bit, there's quite a bit announced for that show. So I can't wait to tune in to watch Dynamite tomorrow. So make sure you guys come out, hang out here at the post show. And then Friday, I will be here to talk about SmackDown. Uh, they promoted the whole Alley Knight Roman Reigns thing. Uh, they promoted Logan Paul, Rey Mysterio. So there's quite a bit that's been announced for SmackDown. And then, um, so this Saturday, I actually am going to be working that day. So I'm going to do a Sunday special podcast. I don't normally podcast on Sunday, but I am. So this Sunday, I'm going to be covering both Collision and Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory. Myself and Reg will be here on Sunday on a very special edition of Speak Now. And it'll be very fun. We'll talk about Impact. We'll talk about AEW. It'll be super chill. Very, very fun. Uh, so make sure you guys tune in for that on Sunday. So it'll be a special podcast. All right. 
Next week, I will be back to talk about NXT, of course, and it'll be Halloween Havoc Night 1. Um, here's what's been announced for that show. We got the NXT Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Lyra Valkyra. The Lights Out match, Gigi Dolan versus Blair Davenport. Devil's Playground match, Roxanne Perez versus Kiana James. The NXT Tag Team Championship match, Tony D and Stax Lorenzo versus Chase U. The WWE NXT Women's Breakout Tournament continues with the semi finals we're going to be see carmen versus lola kilani versus ariana and then the debut of lexus king so all of that will be happening next week on nxt halloween havoc uh <laughs> power driver finisher says surprise guest will washington now nah, man he's he's hard to book these dates guys he's hard to book these dates he's he's elite now you don't got time for us. You don't got time for me and Reg no more. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, that is it for today. Thank you guys so much for joining me. As always, please do not forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you listen to the audio version or you watch here on YouTube, wherever you watch or listen, uh, please help me uh, get this podcast like even higher on the Apple Podcast uh, charts and uh it just helps people find this podcast a lot more so that we can get even more sponsors. So all of that stuff, uh, it's like a domino effect, guys. You you do more, you get more, all of those things. So uh, please leave a review. Uh, it would really help me out a lot. And if you write something now, I will read it here on the podcast. Uh, I check every day whenever there's a new one. Uh, I put it in here and read it and give those people a shout out. So thank you guys so much. I will see you guys back here Uh tomorrow for AEW Dynamite. Please do not forget to give Blue Chew some love. Link in the description box below. Do not forget promo code Denise. Bye everyone. Thank you so much.